Hello and welcome to Football Scotland Daily, the podcast that brings you all the big news, analysis and debate Monday to Friday, just in time for your daily commute. I'm Joe's Boyle and joining me today is the Woodward to my Bernstein, the Benny to my Bjorn and the Buck to my hair, it's the one and only Jamie McCann. Hello. Do you even know who Benny and Bjorn are? Uh, Abba. Oh, well done. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, old reference for the win. Uh, on the pod today, well, what else is it to talk about but Scotland? Uh, we'll be having a post-mortem on last night's <coughs> must-win game against Belgium. Looking at where we go from here, um, going forward um, for the qualifiers. Uh, we'll also look at Chris Boyd's comments after the game last night about the root cause of what's clearly a malaise hanging over Scottish football. And we're going to close up with another storm at Gaby's Games, but this time Gaby is the contestant. Gaby, are you ready? Uh, ready to rumble. Excellent, that's what we want to hear. Right, first up, um, Scotland. What can you say? Um, Scotland were absolutely monstered last night with Belgium. Um, Roberto Martinez's mob never really got a set in gear, and we were, let's be honest, we were lucky to get away with a 4-0 tanking. Um, simply, where did it go wrong? Well, I'm going to surprise everyone. I'm going to start off by offering a little bit of criticism of Steve Clark. <gasps> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, I would like to caveat this by saying he's only been in the job for four games. Two of those games have been against Belgium. One of them have been against Russia. But I thought last night, um, this sort of set up, pressing high, being quite attacking, which I, I don't understand when you're playing against a team as good as Belgium. You just have to look at the goal. We had an attacking free kick. We had everyone forward. The ball breaks, Mertens dribbles past one player, plays a great ball up, but then it's basically uh, De Bruyne and Lukaku against only Andy Robertson. I don't understand how that situation comes about in a game where you have to win. Okay, we were already out even if we did win, let's face it. We were never going to win, but it's not like we were chasing the game. This was nine minutes in and there was those huge gaps there, which I don't understand because if you look at Steve Clark, what his strength is, is setting up a team, making them well-organised, making them hard to beat. Give him a Clarkin. Yeah, exactly, which to an extent he sort of did in the first game in Belgium. Like, I know we lost 3-0, but we did sort of frustrate them for a little while, whereas yesterday, I mean, the game was over after after nine minutes. So I don't really understand the way he set up yesterday. Again, the caveat is it's only fourth game. You don't get a huge amount of time to work with the players. So that obviously went wrong straight away. Then I think after that, they just sort of toyed with us, really. I think that's the really galling thing that second half... They didn't even bother trying, you know, no. uh, as you said, they didn't get out of second gear and it was just far too easy for Belgium. I mean, if they'd really been in the mood, they could have taken any number of us. It no. could have been double figures. Easily, easily, absolutely could have been. I mean, obviously, I mean, well, I agree with everything you've said there. There is a part of it that thinks there's a slight churlishness to kind of criticise a team getting beat off Belgium because obviously they are what they are. I mean, they are going to do that to pretty much anyone on the planet really at the moment. But you're totally right in all, all these sort of things. And what you need to look at as well, um, I mean, how, how well could Scotland could have done better? I mean, San Marino held Belgium a 0-0 up until nearly half-time the other night. I mean, you know, and we, and, we, and we couldn't get anywhere with it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't think anybody was expecting us to beat Belgium last night. Yeah. I certainly wasn't. I mean, we said on the podcast yesterday that we would lose. Yeah. You look at the front line they have. They had, I mean, Hazard was out. They still started with Mertens, De Bruyne. And Hazard up front, yeah, yeah. not Lukaku. Hazard, uh, Lukaku. You yeah. know that's a that's so that's an eighty million pound striker, uh-huh. um, a guy who scored over a hundred goals for Napoli, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, arguably the best player in the Premier League. Yeah. Cheers so when I say, I, I mean, I'm giving some mild criticism of Steve Clark in that I don't think we were ever going to win the game. I just think the way we were set up was bizarre. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's criticism to be levelled at the players as well. I thought Robertson was poor again. Um, particularly 
uh, well, he was kind of exposed at the first goal. Although Stephen O'Donnell should have fouled Mertens far up the park rather than letting him get that pass away. I mean, uh-huh. I know it's not the, I know it's not the the gentleman's way to play the game, but if someone goes past you on the break like that, just kick him. They, well, they did it to us. I mean, so well, quite. It's not about um, them. But I think I. Uh, not because he's a commander player I'm sort of less inclined to be critical of Stephen O'Donnell because I think against that level of opposition anyway at international level I think he's just out his depth which isn't his fault he's just not good enough to play against that level of player whereas Robertson I thought was poor again he didn't cover himself in glory in the first goal he, did, he didn't do anything to stop the cross for the second goal and I, I just thought he wasn't great on it I thought mm-hmm. I, yeah, uh, I'm not sure about Callum McGregor stepping up at these levels I think he's a lovely player on the ball in Scottish football I'm not sure he, he can do it when he doesn't get the time on the ball he looks hurried in possession a lot both games Belgium and Russia I thought it was time they gave the ball away there was times he looked really flustered and so I'm not sure about that but then these are the best players we've got. You know, yeah. who do you put in? You talk about Stephen O'Donnell, and I, I would agree against the likes of Belgium, against the likes of Russia, that he's probably out of his depth, but we don't have any other right-backs. Yeah. Who, who would you put in there? People have suggested Ryan Jack, who isn't even a right-back. He was obviously injured for yesterday, so O'Donnell has to play. I don't really see any point in jumping on his back. If he's not good enough, he's not good enough. Yeah. There's nothing he can do about that. I'd move Kieran Tierney over. Yeah, well, yeah. When he's back, I guess yeah that that would be that would be an option. Yeah. Uh, obviously, that sort of limits what he does going totally, forward because totally. he he has to come inside all the time. Yeah. He can't overlap because he can't use his right foot. Yeah, but he would certainly be more solid defensively, I think, than O'Donnell. But it just sort of comes back to the question of well, what what do you do? And I think the 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 criticism really to me should go to those players. You know, the better players, the guys who you think should be stepping up and who should be who should be doing it. If you if you're gonna have a go at you know, Ollie McBurney the other night, who had, what, eight touches. He wasn't great, but, he, I mean, what did he have to work with? Yeah. You look at, as I said, O'Donnell, maybe he's not good enough for that level. It's not his fault he's not good enough for that level. It's not his fault he's in the team. Whereas you got a guy like Robertson, who's the captain, and we know is a is a great player, although maybe we can come back on that. Not that mm-hmm. I'm saying he isn't a great player, but we can maybe come back on that. He's the kind of guy you want to step up, and I thought nobody stepped up last night. I thought there was no movement off the ball. I just thought it was really flat all night, obviously not held by the... 25,000 crowd at Hamden, which I think yeah. says it all. Yeah, definitely. I think that's the thing. I mean, you touched on it there, Ollie McBurney, obviously. It wasn't great the other night at all. I mean, it really wasn't. But Robertson, who's like supposedly, or it is, let's be honest, is a very good player at Liverpool. He's done all these great things. Wasn't particularly giving him great balls in the, uh, to get on the end of. Wasn't particularly, you know, being very dynamic down there. Um, is he more likely, is he more a suitable cause for criticism than someone like McBurney? Yeah, so you don't want to be too harsh. You don't want to be having a go at the captain and what should be one of our best players. But I I, put, I posed this question on Twitter last night and I got some agreement, some fierce disagreement. I wonder if Robertson, you know, we see the level he performs at. We see he's been brilliant. He got double figures for assists last season, possibly the season before as well. Champions League winner, first pick in one of the best teams in the world. But I wonder if that's the case of a player in Robertson being ideally suited to the way that Jurgen Klopp plays. Mm-hmm. It's all about defending high, pressing high, winning it. The defending he does is more about getting up and pressing yeah. and running. Okay, well, occasionally I have to do some defending. But, you know, they signed him for £8 million from Hull, and I think maybe that is, just comes back to good recruitment by Liverpool. They've identified a player who will they, he'll be absolutely perfect in Jurgen Klopp's team. system. Yeah. He'll be brilliant, rather than him necessarily being in his own right an absolute superstar, world-class player, would he be the same player in a slightly different club system? I don't know, maybe he would be. But when I look at him playing for Scotland, which is a different role because Scotland, 
the players around him aren't as good, mm-hmm. which is a point to you know yeah. a point for yeah, the yeah, other yeah, side yeah, yeah. that uh, he's playing with players who aren't as good, who aren't as intelligent off the ball, and blah blah blah. Yeah. But he also playing a role where he has to where he has to defend more, where he maybe can't bomb on as much, where he has just different responsibilities, and he doesn't he hasn't done it much in a Scotland shirt for no. my money anyway, and so I think maybe the question has to arise i'm not saying he should be dropped or anything i'm just saying is the we have to think about how can we get more of an andy robertson at liverpool into the scotland team because i think we can probably accept that scotland can't go and start gigging pressing and playing like yes. Jurgen Klopp's <laughs> yeah it's probably not going to happen really is it it's gonna no. not really um and do, do you think he, he, he have you seen enough sort of leadership qualities from him when, he, when, he, when he's in the scotland jersey well i always think it's difficult to tell because obviously we as fans as journalists as people watching from the outside People think of the captain as the, the Gary Locke role, just stand in the middle and point. <laughs> he doesn't do a lot of shouting and pointing. Yeah. That doesn't necessarily mean he's not a great captain mm-hmm. because you get, you, yeah. you, certainly outside of of Britain, you get people with different captainship roles. I mean, I also think the, the, the issue of the captaincy is a bit overblown. So in the Italian national team, it's literally just whoever has the most caps. Like right. they, they don't really care. It's just, you've got the most caps, you get the armband. So I think... I think it's overplayed. I think if there are other players in that squad who are natural leaders, I don't think they're going to be quiet and keeping their head down because they don't have the armband. I mean, for example, say Scott Brown came out of international retirement, but Robertson remains the captain. Do you think Brown's not going to be standing, shouting and pointing in the middle just because he doesn't have the armband? You know, I don't I don't think it works like that. Yeah. So I think that's a little bit overblown. There could be maybe the psychological aspect that some people have posited that perhaps it weighs on him psychologically being the captain and yeah. doesn't free him up to play. But it's kind of it's really impossible to tell just from a sort of watching brief. Yeah, definitely, I'm sure. Uh, and obviously as well, I mean, we t- touched on it there. There's a lot of criticism that we don't have the players. I mean, we don't. Obviously, there is there is a lack of extreme talent in these things. Adonis, for example, they're, they're limited in certain parts. But there's other players that are decent. There's good players that can play in Europe. They can play at certain levels. But we're we're below Cyprus. We're below Kazakhstan. I mean, are we worse than Cyprus and Kazakhstan? Statistically, the way the numbers are at the moment looks like we are. Um, do you honestly think we are? Is, is, there, is there something more at work? I don't think we're worse than Cyprus and Kazakhstan. I think, obviously, we lost to Kazakhstan 3-0, <laughs> but I think most times that we played Cyprus and Kazakhstan, we'd win. But I do think we're going to have to get to a point now where you look at the last, whatever it is, 22 years. It can't always be the manager. No, exactly. Uh, these are... With, we've had some guys who I would say were bad managers, but we've had mm-hmm. a lot of guys come in who had had success elsewhere, who had done well, and couldn't do it with Scotland. And I do, I do wonder if it is just that we o- overhype the players we have, that we think that they're a lot better than they are. Now, last night's game isn't necessarily the best place to judge players like that because Belgium are a real top team. I mean, we spoke mm-hmm. about that front three they have, but even you know at the back they've got. Alderweireld, Vermaelen, you know, guys who played for you know Barcelona and Tottenham and Roma and this yeah, kind of thing. Star, so, star studied. Yeah, yeah. But I do, I do wonder when you look at, as I said, Callum McGregor. I find when he steps up to that Champions League level or better Europa League teams or the better international teams, I think he wants too much time with the ball. I, I'm not sure he, he can deal with the press that he gets. Johnny's spoken about John McGinn not really impressing at a national level. We'll see how he does in the Premier League this year. But he was obviously good in the Championship, but the Premier yep. League's a big step up. I'm never sure whether Scott McTominay is good or not. <laughs> so, I mean, the Russia is game. Was, well, the Russia game was a prime example. I thought he was brilliant for 40 minutes and then rubbish for the, after that. Um, 
so I I think maybe we we look at our players and we just sort of think that they're better than they are. Mm-hmm. I think you already see. I think you spoke about it the other day. The the idea that if we get to well, we're in the playoff. If we play Bulgaria, so, oh well, we should beat Bulgaria. Uh-huh. But we don't know anything about Why? Bulgaria. Yeah. Why do we assume that our players are better yeah. than than Bulgaria? Um, I thought I thought last night the only play well Marshall uh, was 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 good again. Mm-hmm. He had a, another number of good saves. I mean, a great one from from Mertens. A stormer. Yeah, and I thought Ryan Christie yep. played reasonably well. I mean, I wouldn't say like uh, it was a man of the match out of but he at least got on the ball and looked to turn and drive and, mm-hmm. and make things happen. But you look at those players; they were no one near Belgium last night, and we no. know Belgium are a good team, but they also looked bigger, quicker, fitter, stronger. Which, as I think I said on the pod last week, I don't yep. know why our players can't be as quick and strong. I mean, there was one point in the first half where Mertens got on the ball. I need about two players on them. He just sort of shrugged them off, and he's just a wee guy. Yeah, and I'm like, well, yeah. why is he stronger? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. What, yeah. are they, what are they doing differently? Yeah, what, exactly. What the thing. Yep. Um, we'll get to all of this. This leads into our sort of setting topic, but just to kind of close up on this one, um, you're obviously Sir Steve, man. Um, I like the man as well. I think he's done great with Kilmarnock. He's the obvious choice for the Scotland job, and I'm I'm happy with it. I think should we give him more time for it and go on with it? I'm assuming you agree with 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 that. But what does he need to do, and what needs to happen for the, for this to make a success well I think the upcoming games okay we've got Russia away but we've, then we've got Kazakhstan at home and San Marino at home which and should be confidence boosting yep. games and Cyprus. Just, yeah and Cy- Cyprus is away isn't it yeah, so, yeah, play, yeah. Yeah. so I think he needs to, to win those three games get a bit of confidence uh, going into the playoffs get a bit of momentum try and get a settled team get a settled system I mean I said before he took the job I mean I, I, I think I said I'd be surprised if he took the job because Steve Clark's thing has always been about work on the training grounds, yeah. good coaching. You don't get much time with the players. So I think he has to find a way to get his ideas across in the limited time that he has, try and get a settled team. I think I think you can see, certainly defensively, that he's trying to do that. Um, the, back, the back four, Marshall, O'Donnell, Mulgrew, Robertson have played most of the games. It's just we've had an injury crisis, so Cooper mm. has been in, but um, he hasn't really impressed in the two games, so you no. don't know if he'll be there going forward. And you'd imagine Tierney will come back in in some capacity when he's fit. But I think it's just about trying to yeah, for, win the next three games, get a bit of confidence going, try and get a cohesive system of play, try and get an identity about the team and hopefully make it through the playoffs. Yeah, totally. I mean, I mean, obviously, without being too hubristic about it, I think we should, obviously sh- we should have been looking at nine points for the first three bankers. Then those middle four games were always going to be difficult. And another nine points for the last three games, you know, that's 18 points. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. That, that, that would have been fine. And it wasn't that it really shouldn't have been that difficult to get those 18 points. But we've shot ourselves in the foot so heavily, again, in that way. Um, I think you just need to look at these, um, what will probably be the Bulgaria game. And just give him time to get that team playing the way he wants to play it, getting the team settled who who wants to be in it, do what they're meant to be doing in the limited time he's got, and essentially they're all training games up until now. I mean, ho- hopefully a bit of you know national pride and confidence. Yeah, um, you know he still needs to win them. Yeah, I mean? of course, because even then, even if they don't matter, well, they matter for future seedings uh, and yes. also the pressure builds. If you get a bad result against Cyprus or Kazakhstan, against do it Ka- again. or Kazakhstan oh. again, then oh. the pressure is going to start going. Oh, this is the wrong guy. We hired yeah. the wrong guy. So they do need to win the games, but obviously yeah. it's just all about trying to get a cohesive team in yeah. time for the, for those playoffs, which is a real a real lifeline. I mean, if we hadn't 
managed to win that Nations League section, oh. would uh, I mean, it would be depths of despair. We'd be Go looking on. at, there's going to be two games at Hampden, well, more than two games, but two uh-huh. group games at Hampden, which if we qualify, <laughs> Scotland will be playing yeah, at Hampden. Yeah. We'd be here in September, what, 10 months or nine months before the tournament going, oh, well, we're not making that. <laughs> yeah, so it's well. all about the playoffs. All about the playoffs, yeah. Come on, Steve, sort it out. We, we, we believe. <laughs> <laughs> we believe in Steve. We believe in Steve, absolutely. Um, we'll go back to um, your point just before that. Um, Chris Boyd, after the game last night, he wasn't shy about uh, giving his opinion, which is unlike him. Um, and he was saying basically we thought the problem with grassroots football was, I read out what he said, it was on Sky Sports after the match. So, that's the worry about this country going forward, that we're stopping kids now, stopping kids with how expensive it is to play football. How expensive it is for boots, kit and even goalie gloves is virtually impossible. We've created these all-weather pitches where kids have to pay a fortune. Everybody would love to play, but all you see are these no-ball game signs. The football community gets the blame, but it's everybody. You see no-ball game signs everywhere you go. Why? You're not allowed to play in the street. We're not allowed to encourage them to play. We're, no, we're encouraging them not to play. We keep hearing all kids what to do is play computers. There's nothing else to do because it costs an absolute fortune to go and play football because of what our country's created. These all-weather pitches are great, fantastic, but it costs a fortune to play on them. We're losing too many kids and it's now a middle-class sport. Being a footballer is no longer the be-all and end-all for kids coming through. Does he have a point? I think up to a point he does, yeah. I think certainly the the cost of playing on these all-weather pitches, which are great for football development because it means you're not playing on a muddy pitch or a frozen pitch or whatever, but it does cost a lot of money. And if Mm -hmm. you don't have the money for your your kid to play on those pitches, I mean, when when I was at school, we used to play football literally every night. Yeah. on muddy pitches or frozen yeah. pitches or whatever but we'd play every Red-ish. night now yeah. if it's even if it's a fiver to play on uh, you know one of these all weather pitches if your kid wants to do that six nights a week yeah. that's 30 quid 30 a week yeah. Yeah. yeah and so and then what 120 quid a month and a lot yeah. of people can't afford that no most can't I think which I get I mean I think without wanting to get, get too far into the weeds I think that's the kind of thing where the the Scottish government or the UK government should step in because it's a health issue. Because even yeah. if you're talking about, we're talking about developing players to to play for Scotland. So I'm going to go very slightly off topic, but uh-huh. then uh, because I'm not going to get into government policy. But you know, you <laughs> talk time. yes, but you know, you talk about the health crisis in Scotland with heart uh-huh. disease yeah. and obesity yeah. and stuff. I don't see why the government shouldn't subsidise it so that kids can go out and play football. It's the most yeah. popular sport in the country. The facilities are there. Why? Why isn't this kind of thing subsidised? Why? Yeah. Why isn't it free for kids to go on and play? Yeah. I don't understand that. No, totally. Um, I can't. I, mean, I couldn't agree more to, of that. Um, eh, I remember my son's fifteen now, but he was like you know nine, ten, eleven sort of things. Fit with daft. Him and all his mates want to go out and play football during the summer. There's about twenty of them, um, and they go around to uh, Scotson Sports Stadium. There's about nine or ten big pitches there. Most of them empty. Most of the day there was still sometimes things, but most of them are free, especially later in the evening. And they'd sneak onto them, and they would you know gambling how quick they get chucked off and somebody would go over shouting at them because obviously they're legally not allowed to be there there's probably insurance reasons blah 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 blah. you understand that but they're empty and there's kids wanting to go and play football and there's no way to play on it then they go to their school and then they're chased off the school pitch by the janny because they're not allowed on that either and then they're in the street and they're chased off that you know it's literally they physically couldn't find any way to play football and i was kind of you know feeling ancient watching it going like and I was like, oh, don't worry, I'll, I'll, I'll pay fees to rent the pitch. I mean, that's that's fine. Much is it? Two two hundred what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh right, okay. It's just impossible unless when it was in a team, it was fine. But you paid your subs and stuff. Some parents can't afford that either. Do you know what I mean, I need your astro trainers, you need your stud trainers, your grass trainers, you need like your boots, all these different elements to it. And you can totally see there's definitely that there's an issue with it. Do you know what I mean, obviously, I'm older. I remember, you know, 
kicking stuff about the streets and doing that, and I was out every night. But you were allowed to like go into your school picture. You're allowed to that sort of stuff. Or you know, or you play. You know, you don't really want your kids playing in the park till after after night time playing football, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Certainly not in Glasgow anyway. No, um, we, we, we used to just kick it around <laughs> a big patch of grass between aye. between the Robert Lund and Stuart Academy, but yeah, <laughs> that's my own personal uh, <laughs> breeding ground. Totally, <laughs> exactly. I had somewhere similarly, similarly awful. But it still worked, but now now it seems to do get hunted off these things, they're not allowed to do it and stuff. So there, there is, I think he's definitely got a point there. I don't know if it goes as far as say it's a middle class sport, but there is definitely a lack of options for, for young kids. And it's not so much they can't play football, which is a factor on it, but then they are, they are competing against other things. You're competing against Xboxes and you're putting all these other things, you know, and you, I think there's a danger of culturally predisposing young kids to not play football as a thing all the time. Yeah, definitely, and I think that's where the cost comes in because, you know, I, I, I mean, I had, I'm 28, we had video games growing up, we yeah. had Playstations and stuff. But as my son says, they were rubbish then. I had a discussion <laughs> with him. Right, okay, well, yeah, but it's not like, um, I mean, you're a bit older than me, I mean, I know Slightly. you would have had sort of video games and stuff, but, you know, Atari or whatever. Yes, but, <laughs> remember it coming out? But, there were, but, you know, people played video games, I played video games growing up, but you also mm-hmm. played football. I think yeah. the, the issue that Boyd's talking about is having access to play football and as you mm-hmm. say if you don't get in the habit of doing it yeah. then that's the issue I think I mean there is always competition um, I mean I was talking to Miller Knight about reading books and how hardly anyone knows reads books anymore at least there's so much other things to distract you it's not that he doesn't want to read books but there are other stuff to distract you from it there's you know there's like Netflix they've got yeah. games as well by the way, all these other things and football is the same it's competing it's not saying it's something they don't want to do but you're competing against other things yeah. and if you get things in place where they can't do it it's an easy decision. I mean, if we go and play football, now we'll get hunted. Or we'll be going, you know, yeah, absolutely. smashing phone boxes then. Yeah. Great Greg's girl reference for you there. Right, <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm sure um, people will be clamouring for us to point out that Chris Boyd does run a, a football academy. Yes. Although, um, I think, to be fair, it's like 65 quid a week. Which 75. Um, 75. Which, have, but, I mean, that's uh, as far as rate. I understand, yeah, and it's like, it's essentially like, daycare really isn't it, you it is it so yeah it's, i mean it's I, actually i've put the kids yeah. in these things as no well. it is i concede slightly hypocritical for him to be talking about that i mentioned but i'm sure i'm i'm sure he's not coining it in off the no. money i'm sure he doesn't make much money off it i'm, I'm sure it's probably yeah. just something for him it's probably do. his name on it as well and yeah, that sort of stuff he will, he will be running the day to day yeah and it's 75 bangers for the week which is basically going rate same as celtic charge for as most places charge as far as i can remember off the top of my head it's what your local school areas and stuff have done because obviously i've Shelled out for sure, myself yeah. over the years. Uh, the only exception um, is Hearts, which is a hundred pound a week. Is it right? Yeah. Yeah. That's a yeah. lot of money. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess maybe childcare probably costs more in Edinburgh. I don't know. Possibly. I, yeah. just, I just like the idea of like what goes on at a Chris Boyd Football Academy. It's Go like, are we, are we are we doing fitness and nutrition today? No. no. <laughs> are are we doing defensive shape? No. <laughs> are we going to be running up and down some hills? No, we are not. Mr. Boyd, uh, are we doing shooting practice again? Yes, we are. <laughs> we're doing shooting practice every day. Every day we're going to hang about just on side <laughs> and wait for the ball. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it will be very effective. You will learn a certain t- skill and that will do you. You will learn the art of standing around in the box waiting for one chance. <laughs> and taking it. £75, please. Thank you Absolutely. very much. Absolutely. Cha-ching. <laughs> Okie dokie. Well, yeah, um, I think, yeah, to be honest, I mean, I do... Ham, ham is more often I notice actually I find myself saying I actually do agree with Chris Boyd um, <laughs> as much as I might not want to so that's a valid point um, but it, it is an issue but we've been banging on about this for years though this is the thing a long long time I mean Gordon Strachan was going on about it when he was Scotland manager but people have been saying it longer than that this has been an ongoing thing 
Um, and is, is it that different for other countries? Well, it depends what countries you're talking about. No, but I don't imagine it's different from other developed countries. I don't imagine yeah. it's hugely... I mean, and they have... In Italy, in England, in Germany, in Spain, yeah. they have Xboxes and yeah. they have stuff, I guess... Maybe in south of Europe, it's less cold and wet, so you might be more yeah. inclined to go out and play. But I'm sure a lot of their public parks have been turned into housing and they yeah. have um, all-weather pitches that they have to pay to play on. So yeah. I, I don't know. It's a difficult one. It's a difficult one to answer. Um, yeah, I, it's, yeah I, I'm kind of stumped. Um, yeah. lost, lost for words, really, on, on what you do about it. Totally. Is, is it just a sort of Scottish mentality thing that people get to a certain age and they just get too into the bevy and the chips yeah well uh, my son's old teams you know what I mean it's pretty much yeah that yeah. seems to be maybe not the chips but <laughs> <laughs> certainly the baby certainly the baby yeah it's it's, it's a malaise right okay speaking of things that are hard to uh, answer um, <laughs> we have a, a final Gaby's game here for the close up today but for once um, Gaby's not hosting the game it's me dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, so what we're going to do um, because it's a bit of Scotland special is what I thought we'd do, is we would take song lyrics, being a music writer myself, and that's one of my better things, and a music major fan like yourself, so hopefully we'll have a bit of double up in this. Right. So the idea is, I'll give you lyrics from Scotland songs, official Scotland songs, right, sung okay. by the team and that sort of jazz right. like that. Um, and you have to tell me if they're real or they're not. So basically, cause some of them, I'm going, to, I'm going to, what I'll do is maybe I might have to change the word of the team and put Scotland in or something. Like sure, that yeah. Uh, Otherwise, but it'd be a bit obvious if you yes. said West Ham. Yes, yeah. exactly. And you'll go, oh, actually, I don't know this. Yeah. So that's what I'm going to do here. Um, and it's a game uh, called Scotland or Notland. I like it. I like yeah, it. That's so bad, it could have been one of mine. Exactly. I'm tra- <laughs> and I'm channeling your, your, your energy yes. here. So that's the idea. So we, for your answers, you give me Scotland or Notland. Right. Yep. Okay. Okay. Yep. Right. So first one. It's a classic. Ring-a-ding-ding. There goes Willie on the wing. Ring a ding dong! Now we know we can't go wrong. Uh, I think I vaguely recognise that as being like a Tottenham or something. I'm going to go Notland. Scotland. Is it it's oh. Scotland? It's easy, easy for the 1974 World Cup squad. Oh God, yeah, oh, yeah, that's yeah. A classic, uh, written yeah. written by um, Bill Martin and Phil Coulter, who were the Bay City Rollers songwriters and producers. Right. Okay. Um, incidentally, that was the year we were the only home nation to qualify. Didn't lose any matches in the first round. Won one, drew two. Finishing the same amount of points as Brazil, who were in the same group uh, uh, above them, but went uh, out in goal difference. Classic squad. Although, I mean, I'm not letting them away with ring a ding ding, Jimmy on the wing, or whatever it was. That is. Willie on the wing. Willie on the wing, right. It's worse. Okay. Yeah, it's worse. Yeah. Uh, it's basically all the songwriters. It's, it's that it's Lang all over. Do you yeah, know what I mean? sure. Um, but yeah, so there you go. So I uh, undefeated um, in the same group as Brazil, but uh, getting it through. So easy, easy. Maybe Hubris Hubris. Yes. A better title for that. So. Right, here's the other one. Um, so that's a z- one. Scotland are on the way to Wembley. Scotland's going to do it again. You can't stop them, the boys from Scotland. Um, you can't stop. That doesn't really rhyme, so I'm going to go for Notland. <laughs> Damn my lack of rhyme ability. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep, that's a paraphrase of Aussie's dream by Chaz and Dave. Right, okay. Yeah, I've ne- <laughs> never heard that. Tottenham on the way to Wembley. Tottenham's going to do it again. You can't stop them, the boys from Tottenham. That's why it uh, rhymes. Of course, yeah, right. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, Scotland I almost, Scot- r- it, almost. Does, it does almost rhyme. Uh, so I kind of nearly went for yeah. it. But then when I said it out loud, I was like, nah. Yes, yeah, I, I was just writing it. Well it enough. I was yeah, exactly. It written, it probably works. Yeah, yeah one each equaliser. Okay. Number three. Don't want to see you slip past. Think about the future. Surely it's the right time. I want to see you win it in my lifetime. Is I think that's Scotland. Is that that terrible Delamitri song? 
No. Don't come home too soon. It's, no. it's, it's not. No. It's okay. worse, possibly, arguably worse. Is it? So right, I'm going to go for it. It's a Scotland <laughs> anyway. <laughs> no, I'm, uh, I'm bad at this game. Yeah, I, it's, it's arguably worse because it's shout for England by Dizzy Rascal and James Corden. Oh God, yeah, that oh, was. Oh, I know. Yeah, I mean, I I'm quite proud now. I didn't get that. That yeah. was that might have been the low point of Western civilization. Yeah, I think it was. It's somewhere around about the sort of levels of standing on a plug and wasps. <laughs> yeah, a plug filled with wasps. <laughs> a plug filled with wasps. James yeah. Corden. Okay. He also does the Tears for Fears shout bit in it and stuff. Yes, big, I, big I remember. I sort of remember. I remember oh. the chorus and I remember it vaguely being about. But thankfully, I don't know what the lyrics yeah. are. No, it's making my groin shrivel thinking about it. <laughs> so we'll, we'll just move on. That was a stinker. Um, okay, number four. They'll see us as they're watching and praying that we put our hearts in our playing. We'll fight until the whistle goes for the folks back home. Um, Notland. Correct. Is that no, the is. England that we're thinking about is back home? It is indeed. Yes, yep. right. I, see, when you said back home, I thought... I know, I, I was, see, that, 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 that was why I asked earlier on how good is your old knowledge. Well, I, thought, I only know that, that one because it's in Life on Mars. Ah, nuts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah. Yep. And so my knowledge of old World Cup songs, <laughs> not great. My knowledge of sci-fi, good. <laughs> Pretty excellent, I think we'll find. Interestingly, that was Martin and Coulter again. They'd be right. set of rollers, okay. guys, but for 1970, obviously Scotland, 1974, thought that was such a good song, let's get yeah, them okay. in. Yeah. So, Fair yeah. enough. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it worked for them. Okay, right. I'm, I'm glad. I'm just glad I got one. I thought I was going to get grannied there. I've got, <laughs> totally. I've got one on the you've board. You've got one on the board. No, you've got the equaliser, the other one. You're, you're two each. Oh, lovely. You're two each. You're two each. There's still two to go. Okay. Um, I've not done a, a tiebreaker, so you're right. Okay. So. <laughs> we may so. just reconvene tomorrow. Yeah. Right. Okay, so I'm going to beep bits out here rather than rhyming it because yeah, I think sure. my rhyming is too poor. Okay. Okay. When we reach, we're really going to show that a world, the world, a brand of football that they never could know. We're representing Britain. We've got to do or die. Scotland. Correct. And. Um, I don't know what the song is. Uh, is that just a guess or just no? Sorry? You've got it right. Yeah. Um, no, I, I just I just because it said uh, do or die and I assumed that was a like Robert the Bruce or uh, William Wallace That's reference. I don't, I, know, I don't know what the I song thought, is. See, I thought the Britain reference would throw you. So it, the, it did a little bit, but uh, the, 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 do or, the do or die brought it back for me. Dang. Yeah. You spot that nationalism. And so, also I knew that um, Scotland, there was a few years where Scotland were the only British team that qualified, so I thought conceivably that could be in there. That is exactly where it's from. It's Ali's Army from 1978. Again, I know the chorus wouldn't yes, know. Yeah. exactly. When we reach the Argentine, we're really going to show the world a brand of football that they never could know. We're representing Britain, we've got to do a die for England candidate because they didn't qualify. Yes, I know the England candidate because they didn't qualify, but I, I remember that. that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, say, I say I remember it, I wasn't alive, but yes. I've, I've heard it, yes. Yes, so another hub- hubristic yes. song that <laughs> yeah. they really they got it was all going, but no, it didn't yes. work. Okay, so the final one. So you're three for th- three for two here. So you're in the lead. Okay. Um, so this is for the win or a last minute Scotland esque <laughs> defeat from the jaws <laughs> of victory. Let's see how we go. So go on there out in history and show them how easy it can be. You might not believe it yet, but pretty soon you'll see even long shots make it. That's the rubbish Delamitri one, isn't it? Yes, I know it that is. one. I was alive when that one came out. That's the Scotland. That's Delamitri. Don't come home too soon. 1998. Filmed in Presswick Airport. Correct, Amundo. 4 2 to the game, indeed. <laughs> yes. Don't come home too soon. The worst football song of all time. Absolutely. Stinking. That World Cup, we lost 2 1 to Brazil in the open game. A valid effort. That was, you know, yeah, when you look well. at the that Brazil team had Ronaldo, Rivaldo, Cafu, Roberto <laughs> Carlos, and all that. Yeah. I think I cheered getting the penalty before even the penalty went in before yeah. it, it was such a thing. But Drew Bidorway, and then we got pumped 3 0 with Morocco. Yes, yes Morocco um, in the final game. Yes, uh, my, my dad went over to France to watch it and came home in a very bad mood. <laughs> Indeed. Well, possibly uh, we came home too late and should have went home after Norway. 
That is a really? very good point. So Delamitri were right all along. They were right all along. Do you know what I mean? Or maybe they were wrong. No, they were wrong too yeah. soon. They, they, it yeah. was their fault. Yeah, it was. Ah, uh, yeah. So exactly. we can, bl- we can yeah. blame Delamitri. Yep. <laughs> so I think if you think about it, though, I mean, Scotland's journey, if you think about it, Faye, easy, easy in 1974, that dirge in 98. It's <laughs> yeah. only like 24 yeah, gone, years. Yeah, we've gone from, from easy, easy to that we're going to show up England to oh, just just don't get knocked down too early. <laughs> totally. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. There we go. So, Scot- Scotland so, in a nutshell. We haven't. To complete that circle, we should do just a qualifying song uh-huh. because Aye. we don't get to tournaments anymore. <laughs> so if we, the last tournament just don't come home too soon, so we need a song. Someone needs to put out a song like Lewis Capaldi or someone needs uh-huh. to put out a mournful ballad about. Yeah. Please just See, make it. Just try and qualify. Just, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm maybe yeah. a bit of a hubristic one yeah. of kind of. You know, we'll get no, no, right. I want I want a Lewis Capaldi dirge about about how how maybe one day we can get there and disgrace ourselves. <laughs> Lewis, I know you listen and get on it, mate. Sorted. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, that's all from us here at Football Scotland for today. We'll be back tomorrow before 4 pm just in time to make your daily work commute that little bit more bearable. You can get more visit the Football Scotland website on our social media channels and Facebook and Twitter at football underscore Scott. To ask a question or make a comment to us individually or tell us indeed what is the worst Scotland song we're always interested. You can get me on at Captain underscore Howdy Gaby on at Gaby Mackay. And until tomorrow, thanks for listening.